Hi, you're listening to Sarah Keat in My Car, a storytelling series about driving, riding, and getting from here to there. Episode one, the love not just for the drive, but for the car could also be inevitable. My grandfather collected old cars. My dad spent a short time as a mechanic. A fascination with automobiles might be in my DNA. One of my earliest memories is meeting my little sister for the first time. We lived in rural Michigan. I was three years old. My brother was two. Grandma stayed with us littles while mom and dad went to have the baby. When my parents came back into the house, they were carrying the tiniest little human with dark hair and even tinier lips. I remember putting my mouth up to kiss her while she lay on the couch. Then I remember the brand new Buick parked outside. My dad came home with a baby and a new car. It was a neutral color, kind of silver or maybe beige, and it smelled good. And it was for our family and it was so shiny and so new. I loved it even at three years old. We moved to Florida shortly after my sister was born. My parents bought a central Florida house complete with a carport and a screened in back porch. It was hot and muggy. We played in the backyard on the back porch and sometimes when dad had the Buick, we played in the carport. I'm doing my best to share the truth with you. When you're talking about childhood, there's a filter over every story every memory. It's hard to know the order of things and what was fact and what was perception and what was something you imagined after you stared at a certain photograph for hours on end creating some kind of drama behind the expressions. My youngest brother was born almost three years after we got to Florida. I turned six two weeks after his birth. So if you've been paying attention, that's four children in six years. My birthday cake was candles in a pizza. My mother still apologizes for this, but I really don't care. Pizza is one of the best things ever. So with all of those children, at some point, we bought a very large green station wagon. I believe it was a Chevrolet, but I can't be sure. We might have called it the green machine, but usually just the wagon. It was huge and perfect for our family. All the kids fit in the back, for the most part, or the way back, as we like to call it. We lived about 45 minutes from the beach growing up. As a child, this was a particularly long and horrible ride. The beach was coming, but still, 45 minutes? My brother and I sat in the way back on one of these rides, counting. Probably someone told us to count because we had complained of being bored. I'm not sure. I do remember we sat back there, mouthing and quietly whispering, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then shouting, 10. We'd take back up the whispering, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, and shout again, 30. Once we got into the hundreds, we realized we didn't have to say every single number. 
Hey, what's the highest number you can think of? Maybe 843? Well, what comes after that? 844? What about 999? A thousand? We're never going to get to the end. We're always going to be able to say what comes after that. Just add one more. <gasps> there is no highest number. I'm trying to explain to you that my brother Ben and I discovered infinity in the back of a station wagon on the way to the beach. Geniuses. The wagon was around for quite a few years. That giant green automobile is a background fixture in all of my daydream 80s nostalgia. Our driveway in Florida was covered in leaves and pine needles all of the time. It was a dirt driveway that formed a C-shape on my parents' corner lot. We also lived on a dirt road, so that's not unusual. I remember all of us kids sitting and waiting in the big green wagon and laughing and playing with each other while my dad ran inside the house to get something or call someone or do something. I don't know what he was doing, but we were going to wait right here. We did wait, but one of us climbed in the driver's seat. Next thing I see is my dad running to the car with his suit jacket flapping behind him because we were rolling out the driveway into the road. <laughs> I guess we found the parking brake. I believe I was in the sixth grade when my great-grandmother passed away. She was very special to my mom, and so we were all going to the funeral. It was nearly a 20-hour drive to my grandparents' home in Missouri, and we were going to drive straight through. We all loaded up into the huge wagon and drove and fought and played and drove and rode and sang and fought and played. And soon it was dark and we were all supposed to sleep. We lay in a row like little canned sardines wrapped in our blankets in the back of the wagon, four little kids closing their eyes and doing their best to sleep while in motion. We were close to each other, but I don't think we were complaining. And then my sister Meredith said, I don't feel good. She proceeded to roll over towards one of us and throw up. My dad pulled over as quickly as he could, but the damage was done. She was basically vomiting on blankets and on brothers and on me. My mom helped her get out of the car, started cleaning us all up. It was really, really dark. I'm sure there wasn't a lot of time to spare, and now that I'm older, I understand that my parents also must have been extremely tired. I don't remember my mom scolding or complaining during any of this, just cleaning up the clothes, the blankets, asking my dad to find some water from somewhere. We got back into the wagon and no one wanted to lay next to Meredith. But after a little bit of fighting, there wasn't much choice. Someone had to sleep next to her. This might have been the night I decided I love road trips. Seriously, I like to fly places. I love seeing new things. Don't always worry about how I get there. But I cannot get enough of road trips. If you can throw your stuff in the trunk of a car, fill up the gas tank, turn on whatever music you like, and just go, how great is that?
Most often, a road trip means open road. The highways eventually thin out from the traffic. It's you, some tunes, probably a field, hopefully some sunshine, and you're moving along at 70 miles an hour. When I'm driving on a highway and the sun is shining, I get this very specific feeling. It's like an urge that takes over me and I want to never stop. I want to drive on and on and on, not turn around, not exit, just see where it all goes. I shared this with my husband once and he quietly said, could you let me know first? I mean, maybe we could go with you? I don't want to run away, exactly. Wanderlust, I guess. I've never been one to sit still. Some days it's hard to get me to make it through an entire movie. While I like the vacation that involves laying on a beach, I like the one that involves hiking a mountain even more. I never feel very settled. We've lived in Chicago almost 15 years, had six apartments and one little house. I've always got a reason to move on and find a different one. I finally admitted to myself last year that I just don't want to buy a house. That sort of stability isn't on my dream board. I like to move. I like change. And that highway feeling? God, it's like worship. To move that fast to feel the sun through a car window, to think in that special kind of silence. Now, not every road trip has been some sacred conversation between me and God. When Owen was first born, it rocked our marriage. I'm sure we are not the first couple ever to just not understand how to add another person into the family. We loved our baby. We were so excited to be parents. There was just a lot of change. Things were so different. We didn't know how to be us anymore. We also had major financial stress the year Owen was born. John lost his job. I took gradual pay cuts that were eventually a 42% reduction in my salary. We were learning to live on exactly half of what we had made the year previous but we added another person into our family. We took a gamble and started a new business. We were stressed. We needed a break. We needed to get out of everyday life and take a vacation. My parents have a timeshare. They often let their children use their week. So 2009 was our year to take the vacation. We waited a while to transfer our week trying to balance time off of work. And when we had an available week in August, I called the company who handles the exchanges. The one place available within driving distance was Branson, Missouri. Have you ever been to Branson, Missouri? I want to call it Christian Vegas, but I don't know if that's blasphemy. It is full of touristy stops reminiscent of Pigeon Forge and crammed with nightly shows. You could honestly see some really fun, fantastic performers in Branson. You could probably also get on a boat and water ski or something. It's not far from the Ozarks. We decided to do what we do and make the best of it. Family road trip to Branson. 
A very important detail about our baby son, Owen. He did not like being in the car. The car was not a magic place to put him to sleep. The car seat was actually a recipe for crying and angry screams. Seriously, we did not take this child places that involved the car. We walked with him in a stroller, or we took turns using the car to run errands alone. Traffic and shopping in Chicago are unpleasant enough without also bringing along a baby whose head might pop off from screaming within six minutes. So, we took our first family vacation, just the three of us. Owen was 11 months old and Branson was almost 10 hours of driving away. I know some of you are thinking, why 10 hours? That's so long. But John and I love road trips. 10 hours seemed like no big deal. I'm not sure I can describe to you the level of torture endured on this drive. Our sweet baby was completely and absolutely miserable. I became a three ring circus sitting in the back seat before we even made it out of the city. I had snacks, toys, songs, books, and the only thing that seemed to help, my hair. When little O was pulling my hair, he stopped screaming his face off. So what is a new and somewhat young mother to do? She lets the kid pull her hair until she just cannot. She cannot any longer justify the pain of letting a baby grab fists of her hair and yank. John drove silently, except for when he had to yell about how loud Owen was being, about how slow other people were driving, about how the person in front of him couldn't decide what speed they wanted to drive, about how we would never, ever get to where we were going. In general, I spend a lot of energy on my husband's mental state, not wanting him to boil over, so also trying to keep a baby quiet while simultaneously chilling out a husband. I was sweating through my clothes, hungry and exhausted. This was after 45 minutes. I'm exaggerating. Only a little. Owen slept for brief 10-minute respites, worn out from his hysterics. John and I didn't speak to each other or turn on music during that time for fear of him waking up. Just still, silent, traumatized stares out the windshield, or in my case, at the back of the passenger seat. I was so sick of the riding and the crying, I wanted a chance to drive. In this case, dad took the back seat and I took a turn driving. John is a taller guy. He doesn't enjoy the back seat. Now I'm gonna get a little bit stereotypical, but oftentimes when a new mom goes to the store for the very first time and leaves her baby home with dad, Dad loses a lot of his normal common sense that got him this far in life and has to call within five minutes because he has no idea what to do with a wailing baby and is so frustrated and will you please come home right this minute. A similar thing happened when I traded spots with my husband. It was my turn to drive and he was the back seat. John's a taller guy and he didn't like the back seat very much so to get more comfortable he pushed the passenger seat all the way forward so it was flat and he was looking out the front window of the car. Owen was in his car seat in the middle facing backward. He had a nice moment of enjoying a silly book about a bird and a worm and John was doing his best to entertain him but after a few moments he began to wail and wail and wail. 
John was about to explode, so he picked up an empty plastic Coke bottle and threw it hard at the front of the car. It scared the shit out of me. It bounced off the windshield and landed in the front seat, and as you might have guessed, solved not one of our problems. I nearly swerved, but I realized the projectile coming from the back of the car was from my husband before I totally freaked out. I flipped on my blinker and pulled off at the next exit. What are you doing, Bella's the man I'm married to. Getting off isn't going to help anything. We just have to finish this drive. I'm not pulling over because of Owen. I'm pulling over because of you. Death stare. I pull into a weird no-name gas station with worn-out dirt patches instead of parking spots. I choose one. The sign above the door says gas, beer, food. Go in there and buy a 40. What? My husband is totally confused by my instructions. I can't handle this drive. It is extremely stressful to have this baby screaming the whole time and you are not helping me one bit. You can't throw things at a driver when they are on a highway. I don't know what else to do to tell you how to chill out. Just go chug a 40, walk around the gas station and get back in the car. My husband usually maintains a poker face. It was hard to understand what emotion was going through his mind at this time, but he was definitely surprised at my directives and also surprised that I was not shutting up and just letting him rant and throw a tantrum. So he walked away. He did not buy a beer. He got back in the car. Somehow we make it to Branson. We cross into the city and remember how I said Christian Vegas? Well, I think that's because everything is on one road. It's like the strip. And would you believe there is traffic? Traffic in the Missouri Hills? We crawl down the road to the place where we are staying. John parks and I run in to register and get our keys. The people are super friendly and nice and are passing me from one to another, trying to sell me show tickets and schedule me to see the next presentation on buying a property. And I finally interrupt one very beautiful lady with carefully applied lipstick. I have to go. I can't listen to this. You don't understand the drive we just had. I have to go to our room. Goodbye. And I walk to the car. John takes us to the condo. We unload our things. I set our sweet boy down and he runs back and forth and back and forth up and down the hallway for a solid half hour. He is laughing and ecstatic to no longer be in that car seat. This trip, we learn what it means to vacation with a child. We don't water ski. We don't see any shows. We mostly do cable TV and the pool. And we sit inside because he's napping two times a day and in bed by seven. We get time to talk to each other without the stress of having our own home and its responsibilities all around you. We dread the ride back. We buy a portable DVD player at a Walmart for $100 and get some Fisher-Price song DVDs. They help for small amounts of time. He is still a baby and his attention span is pretty short. Out of the 10-hour drive home, he sleeps a total of 30 minutes. Not one of us is very kind to the other. I don't know if there is a way to do screaming baby road trip well, but the Russells did not. We stayed put in Chicago for quite a long time after that one. And to John's dismay, I still refer to that trip in the summer of 09 as the near-divorce road trip. Rough, y'all. Rough. 
I hope you had as much fun listening to my favorite and least favorite road trips as I had telling them to you. You can subscribe to Sarah Keith over on iTunes. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sarah Keith. All of the music in today's episode is by Kelly McRae, a talented musician based out of Austin. You can check out all of her music and find out details on her upcoming shows at kellymccrae.com. K-E-L-L-E-Y-M-C-R-A-E.com. I would love if you visited sarahkeith.com and left comments about your favorite road trips in the blog section of the website. Thanks for listening. I hope you can find a little time this week to hit the road.